This is my mama, Leslie, and she is awesome because she put up with all my shenanigans for most of all of my life. She has. And I love her because of her strength. She's always been so strong for me, and she's always been a consistent strength in my life, and I love my mama. This is my mom, Nancy, and I love her because of all the things that we've been through together. Um, through the dark times and through the positive times, she's always been a positive light in my life. And even whenever I was younger, remembering times where her and my dad would sacrifice, even when they didn't have it, sacrificing for me, for my brothers and sisters. And so I just thank you for everything you've done. I love you so much. <laughs> this is my mom, Sheila, and I love her because, as a single mama, she sacrificed more than I'd ever know and loved me dearly. I love my mommy because she, she buys me chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> this is my mom, Brenda, and I love her because she's beautiful, kind, my biggest fan. She's always been there for me. She always has my back and she's always come to my games. This is my mom, Kim, and I love her because um, just for all the support that she's given me throughout the years, and, and even though I've done some dumb things in the past, she's always loved me and given me support, so mom, I love you. This is my mom, Faye, and I love her because everything that's good about me comes from her, and all the bad stuff came from my dad. I love her because she always thinks about me first. She always asks, am I okay if there's anything I could, she can do for me or if there's anything that I need uh, from her. And I love her because she has the most beautiful twinkle in her eye when she looks at me. This is my mom, Ravy. I love her because she's so encouraging. She's always pushed me to love others and to love the Lord. This is the power of mom. And that's the power of mom. This is the power of mom. This is the power of mom. This is the power of mom. I love you, mom. And that's the power of mom. I love you, mama. Oh, that's the baby. She's my baby. <laughs> she really is. This is my mom. Yep. I love her, love her because she poured in the nature of God. Her nature is so humble and so sweet, and she poured that into us, which I think helped us to fulfill the purpose God's called us to. And she's not here this weekend, and that's why I'm not wearing a tie. You've heard me say... You know, she wants me to wear a tie on Easter and Mother's Day. I did put the shirt tail in, but anyway. <laughs> Let me say welcome. Thank you so much for being with us on this special weekend. I want to welcome the Mobile Campus, Foley, Baymanette, and all the guys at Atmore. Thank you so much. It's just a wonderful weekend. It's beautiful weather and all the moms. And I know you're going to have a great time with your family today. But thank you for taking that time and spending it with us. 
Have you ever thought about who thought up moms? Who invented moms? We kind of know that because Genesis 127, God created man. And that word is actually mankind. That's not the word male, it's mankind. Uh, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. That's the male. And then male and female, he created them. So God created female and God is not a male. And some of the ladies under their breath are saying, thank you, Lord. Uh, and I can prove it scripturally, but I can prove it with just common sense. Uh, I think the guys can help me out here. There's no way, you know, a, a male could, could create a female. Uh, we don't even understand them. So how, we, how could we create one, right? So the word female, by the way, actually means the opposite of male. The fee means not male. And some said, well, no, it means you've got a fee to get that male. It's female. Anyway, uh, obviously they're opposite, but they're opposite in wonderful ways. God created powerful moms. He put within the females the ability to mother. And I want to show you some of those wonderful qualities moms get from God. And you hear a lot about the father, the father's heart. And indeed, the father's heart's real, it's powerful, it's tremendous. But I believe God has in his heart the things that mothers have in their hearts that make them so powerful. Because if, if a mom has something in her heart given from God, God can't give what he doesn't have. And so he has a mother's heart. He understands a mother's heart. And, and that, that's why it's a complete picture when you take man and woman and, and you put God in the middle of that marriage, that is a complete picture of God. And, and that doesn't make us God. It just gives us the reflection on the earth of God. And it's important to understand that when God refers to us a, as the church, he calls us his bride, the female part. Because the bride, the church, will be married to the bridegroom, Jesus. Uh, and the church on the earth is not to only have the father's role in the church, but also to have a motherly role as the bride of Christ. So in, in other words, to do the things Jesus wants us to do, uh, to, to finish, uh, we need a mother's heart. And that's why we're called the church, the bride. So as, I want to show you some wonderful qualities about God's mother heart. And I want to show you in the terms of motherhood, but also I want you to see the parallel as far as the church and how the church, we're supposed to love people. So it's real simple. This will be a real simple message. Number one, moms know. When you think about it, moms just know. They're the closest thing to omniscience on the earth. And they know all, they see all, they know what you're thinking from the children to the husband. They just know they can read minds. And, you know, moms can just read what you're thinking before you even ask it. Well, where do they get this? Well, Matthew 9, but Jesus knowing their thoughts. Luke 12, Matthew 12, Jesus knew their thoughts. Luke 5, Jesus perceived their thoughts. So Jesus had mother in him. Ever heard of a woman's intuition? I think we made that up, that phrase. Well, where does she get this? She, she gets it from God. Men do not have this. We do not know what other men are thinking. Nor do we care. <laughs> you think about the number one question women ask their men. What are you thinking? And what do we always say, guys? Nothing. It's true. It's true. It is possible for men to think about nothing, not women, not women. And I'm telling you that women, mothers get this from God. So, so God knows what you're thinking and you're thinking right now, well, how is this supposed to encourage me? Well, because the same way a powerful not mom knows what you're thinking and loves you anyway, it's the way God is. 
He loves you anyway. And like a mom wants to talk to you about what you're thinking, so does God. You know, Jerry used to tell me, you know, one of the kids were maybe having an issue and, and, and she would tell me some information. I said, how did you get that? Where'd you get it? Well, he told me. Well, I just talked to him. He didn't tell me anything. And you go talk and he just pours it all out. You see, it's, it's just like God. That's the way God is. He knows what you're thinking. He wants to talk to you about it. And you understand, he already knows. But, but the great thing is he, he, he knows everything you're thinking and he still loves you and he wants to talk to you. So moms know. Secondly, moms care. She has compassion. And, and, and sometimes you may think, well, moms are a little overprotective, you know, especially when you're a teenager. When our kids were teens, uh, they, they would, you know, they would have curfews and of course, you know, our bedtime gets earlier and earlier as the older you get. But most of the time we were in bed by the time their cur- curfew, but she always had them come in the room and tell her good night before they could go to bed because she wanted to know they were home. Now I'm being a good dad. I'm out. I don't re- ever remember them coming in the room. They would come in the room, tell mom good night, then they would go to bed. She couldn't really sleep until she knew that they were home and they were safe because she's a mother. She has compassion and there's something in her. She wants to know where they are, if they're safe. And she gets that from God. I want to tell you a little, little story, and, and you, you've, you've heard this, uh, this phrase in this story. It's in Luke 13, verse 31. On that day, some Pharisees came saying to Jesus, get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And then Jesus said to them, go tell that fox. Now, let me stop right there. The Pharisees represent leaders of Jerusalem. They come to Jesus and say, you better get out of here because King Herod wants to kill you, and what Herod wanted did, you died. If if he wants you dead, you're out. He was the most powerful man in the world and possibly the most psychotic as well. And if he wanted you dead, you're going to die. And, but the people, he did this all the time to people. So the Pharisees come and warn Jesus, not because they love Jesus. They just want to get Jesus out of their way, get rid of him. This was a threat from the religious system about Herod. Herod represents the world system. The, the, the Pharisees represent the religious system. So the religion threatening on behalf of the world, and that still happens today. So listen to the rest of the story. Verse 32, Jesus said, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today, miracles and healings. And tomorrow on the third day, I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must journey toward journey today, tomorrow and the day following for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Verse 34, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you are not willing. Now, all throughout scripture, when God likens himself to something or someone, we need to look at that. He calls himself a strong tower that we can actually run into and we're protected. He said his word is like a mighty sword. He, he, he calls himself a mighty man of war. That means he's girded and he's ready for battle and he's strong enough to win the battle. So when God calls himself a chicken, we, we, we need to take note. Because this is one of the very few times where God likens himself to something that is female. God's not female. God made male and female. He understands both and both have a part of expressing this aspect of God. But he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I'm like a mother hen. I want you to get, I want to gather you. I want to wrap my covering around you, put you under my wings, but you you wouldn't do it. You, You refuse to do it. Now, this is really strange for a man to say, because you would think a man would say, I want to gather you like a rooster. I don't think a rooster gathers. I think he's off somewhere sleeping. 
he, he said as a hen. So the, the, Jesus was fully man and fully God while he's on the earth, but I, I think this was the God speaking, not the man. And, and just, you know, just so you know, I know this is a big question that's deep and theological. God created hens and roosters. So the big question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The answer is the chicken and the rooster. Male, female, never mind. (laughs) Ladies, if you've ever been called a mother hen, be encouraged. God called himself one. Now, if somebody called you a bitty, that's a whole nother thing. But you can, if somebody calls you, a, 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 you know, this, this mother hen, you can say, well, according to God's word, then okay, that, that's a good thing. Because you see, this hen has some, some things I want to point out, okay? Now, I don't know if you've ever been around hens. Anybody? Chickens? Okay, good. I can remember a little bit from childhood because at my great-grandmother's farm house, uh, the old farm and, you know, the big old trees in the back and there was no grass. You swept the dirt, literally. And she had chickens and they weren't pinned up. They just ran everywhere. So when we were all there, we, we loved to harass the chickens. We really did. And so as you approach that chicken, you know, I, I'm, you know, in fact, I, I need you to help me with that. Ladies, can you help me? Give me a little clucking. Come on, ladies. Come on. Guys, help them out. They're weak. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Kind of sounds like the ladies' conference. Oh. oh, just kidding. Just kidding. So if, you, if you're just messing around with that mama hen, you know, she's running around a little bit. But if she has chicks... As kids, forget mama, we want to catch those chicks. So we go after the chicks. So what would she do? Well, she would go over and she would call her chicks. She would forget about us. We, we could be two feet from her. She didn't care. Her focus was on her chicks. She stopped. She humbled herself. She lowered herself. And Jesus is saying, listen, I am, I, I am talking about being a humble picture of lowering myself, humbling my love for you people because I love you. That is the heart of a mother. A mother's heart is for her children to spread out her wings and anytime danger comes near to call them in. That's the love of a mother's heart. And you can't take that away. I I don't care how many times you bail the kid out of trouble, your heart will never stop calling them to a safe place under protection when you know what's right or where righteousness is. It never ends. And here's why. Because the light never goes out in a mother's heart. It never goes out. You, you saw on the video Lisa's mother, and she's like 85 or 90, and you heard her say there on the end, you know, she, 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 that light couldn't go out. That This is my baby. It never ends. That's what Jesus is saying. My heart never goes out. No matter how many times you reject me, you reject the prophets, you can stone them, you can kill them. I'm calling you in. I will not reject you. And when that hen calls to that little chick, what mom is saying, come under the covering because you don't know what's dangerous. Not because you, you, you know who's approaching you, but because you trust me to know for you. The, the, the hen, is, is, is eyes are fixed on the chicks because she wants the chicks to trust her. Come to me. And, 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 and you, you think about that mother hen. If she had to go run all over the yard trying to get a chick, get a chick, come follow. That, that wasn't going to work. She stopped. She positioned herself and she called them to her. 
And, and listen, remember the church is like the female, the bride. By the way, one of the purposes of this church is to be about in our communities like a mother hen, not going around clucking and, and, and getting your wings going, you know, but to invite people in your family and your friends to a safe place. And how do we do that? We do that through serve days. We do that through fusion groups, by word of mouth, by inviting people. But what are we do? What we're doing is we're going into the city and saying, oh, come in here because there's hope here. Get under the covering of hope. Get under the covering of Jesus Christ. And the reason it's a safe place, it's not just because of the physical building. It's not because of a pastor. It's because it's a place that God ordained. He set aside a place where he would spread his wings because he wants to help people. So God is a God of compassion mom's care. I mean, you you know, when you fell down as a kid, you didn't run to dad. He'd say, suck it up. Come on, get it together. You know, my Lord, I I killed a bear on the way to school one time. You're worried about your little knees all scratched up. I mean, that's the way dads are, not moms. Mom's going to stop and pay attention and wipe it off and kiss it and and all that good stuff. So, so how, how can God say, I'm going to comfort you? It's like a mother comforts you. He knows how mothers comforts because he, because mothers came out of God. So moms know, moms care. Number three, moms help. They have nurture in them. Women are born with nurture. We, I can remember when our daughter was about three, she had all her dolls set up in a room. She's playing mommy. A couple of them have been bad. They're in timeout. But, but she, she's doing all this stuff. She's taught, why? Because she wanted to be a mommy. Well, well, today she is a mommy. See, a chicken doesn't call its chicks in to say, wow, look at my brood of chicks. Look, look, look how many I have. Look, look how big they are. No, a chicken calls the chicks in because she loves the chicks and hates the enemy of the chicks. So moms, listen, I, I know you took that as a negative. I was just joking about the plucking, but I, I see that as praying. Moms don't stop praying. Understand a mother's heart this is why I believe a mother's heart touches a specific cord in the heart of the father. Because when God sees a mom on her knees praying for her chicks, Lord, I want them to serve you. Lord, I want them to fear you, reference you. Lord, keep them from the enemy in Jesus' name. If you don't think that moves the heart of the father's, the father's heart, then the enemy has deceived you and lied to you. And this is one of his most powerful ways he comes and puts down motherhood. In our culture, well, it's not that powerful. It's not a big deal. Being a mom is, is really not that big a deal. Mom's just really a maid, the cook, a nursery worker. That, that's not what God is saying. He's saying, moms, you're an intercessor. And your main intercession is for those kids God has given you charge of. And the help, to help powerful moms, you know, the, the help that, that they give is, is like a chicken. What is that hen doing? She's calling so she can protect. She's calling, and that is the heart of God. And and, and notice the chicken, the the hen never forces the chicks in. And that's why Jesus said, I called you, talking to the people in Jerusalem, I called you because you wouldn't come. You, You can't force the chick in. But she can call to them and make the best possible appeal she can. She can appeal, moms can appeal like no one else can. She can appeal to anything in them that will gather them to a safe place. And that leads to the fourth thing. Moms are patient. The the appeal is patience. Just like when the hen's calling for a chick, she's patient. 
When that hen is sitting there, crouched down and waiting on those chicks to come, she's being patient for those little chicks. She's not, she's not running after them. She's not forcing them. She's not afraid of, of one of us standing around her. She's being patient and waiting. And, 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 and listen, just like when the hen's calling for the chicks, she's patient. Well, waiting, you, you, you can wait, be patient. Moms, you have patience in your heart, and I think God has patience in his heart. Moms understands patience. Dads get frustrated. Dads get frustrated real quickly. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same with men everywhere in the world, okay? Men want to think quick, and they just want to get it done. They want to fix it, right, guys? Oh, that's the problem. Here's the solution. Let's fix her. Let's get her done. Here's the solution. When, when, when women have more of the ability to be more like God, they say, well, no, wait a minute. This could take some time. Dad's saying, no, you're going to do this today. You got to do it today. Mom said, wait, it's gonna, there's a process to this. I mean, come on, dads. If you think fix it is the answer to everything, you're never going to potty train your kid. <laughs> because you just don't fix it. I mean, you can see a dad in there with his little boy and here's the little potty chair and okay, now do this and pull your pants and do this and aim here and do that and, and do it right. This is how you do it. From now on, do that. And if the toddler could think, he may be thinking like this, it's going to take me several months, dad, because I've been peeing in my pants for a couple of years. I mean, I, <laughs> no, 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 you've got it. You're a man. You're a chip off the old block. You can do this. And, 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 and from now on, you do that. No, moms understand. There's a process. There are going to be some accidents. It's going to take a little time. The church is to have the mother heart of God. And that's where we are to be patient with people. People, as they work out their stuff, be patient with your children. Be patient with people when they come in, even after they come to Christ. Because the only people the church cannot be patient with are people who come in to hurt chicks inside the house. You know, you don't make a mama mad. It's the, only, it's the only people we want to run off. Those who have no patience are wolves and lost sheep. We, we, we want all of them. Wolves, we, we, want, you know, we don't want them because they want to eat the sheep. And that's the mother heart of God, to bring in, protect. But he's always patient. Verse 31, I'll read it again. They said, Jesus, get out of here, depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. So watch. Herod wants to kill you. What they were saying is, hey, Jesus, you're in danger. You need to run. You're in danger. But what Jesus did was he turned it around and he said, oh, I'm in danger? No, you're in danger because someone wants to kill you. And I'm the hen, you're the chicks, and you need to come to me. He takes their threat, turns it around, but because they had it all wrong. Here's why. You can't kill something that can't die. Jesus wasn't murdered on the cross. He laid down his life willingly. You can't kill God. He laid down his life. No greater love than this than a man that that he would lay down his life for his friend. Jesus, you need to get out of here. Herod's going to kill you. He's going to destroy you. And if you study it out, it means you're in danger of being collapsed and annihilated. Herod represents the world. The world today is constantly yelling at motherhood. You better get out of here. You better watch it. Motherhood's coming to an end. It's all about your career. It's all about your, obsession, your, your, your possessions and what you, uh, you, know, what you have. And, and so abandoning your motherhood because the world's told you to is useless and it's not needed. 
because that's, it's not worth anything. That, 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 they're just telling you motherhood's not there. The world's thinking is in the 21st century, women are so liberated, they're going to wake up and say, you know what, I, I don't want to have babies anymore. We, we don't have to do that. We, we can do this, this, and this. And, and, and I sure don't want to take care of kids. i got too many things to do, and that's too much work. So when society speaks, then our response should be like Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. You, you don't understand. The one that doesn't want to become a mom because of the career. You don't understand. You're, you're not the one in danger because you can't kill what can't die. You can't kill what can't die. And, and you need to come under the wings of Jesus. You're the one in need of protection because here's why. Listen to me. Motherhood is nowhere near collapsing because the hand that rocks the cradle does rule the world. And when you show me a society without motherhood, I'll show you a society that's desolate. If you read the rest of the story in verse 35, the first part, Jesus said, see, your house is left to you desolate. Show me a society without local churches. I'll show you a society that's desolate. Why? Because the mother heart is not in the family. The mother heart's not in the local church. And it's so powerful. So when moms in the churches throw their arms around people and say, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We love you. We're going to humble ourselves. We're calling. We want to help you get into protection and undercovering of God. We, we want you to know that you're the one in danger. See, powerful moms, we need you. People need the church. We need what God has ordained to cover us. And it takes an act of humility to come under the, the hen's wings. Now, I, this, this may not make any sense to you, but I just, it just rang out in my mind. You remember, you have, if you haven't experienced this, you will. You remember when you were teens, it, you know, it wasn't cool anymore for mom to hug and kiss them in public? Mom? Stop it. You remember that? Am I the only one that remembers that? <laughs> well, I, I can remember at camps, we used to do a lot of camps, especially uh, teen camps. You know, the, these kids get all fired up the last night of camp, man. They're going to take the world on, you, you, you know, we, we, we take Jesus everywhere. And they're all pumped up, fired up, ready to go. And you say something like this to them. You're ready to go home. Yeah, you're ready to win the world for Jesus. Yeah, you're ready to get your school. It turned, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do something to even make you more spiritual. Yeah. Well, when you go home, I want you to hug and kiss your mama in public. Oh, dude. That's a hard word. Who can receive it? That's how we get in the world. You, you don't need to be a mom. You don't need to be a mother. You need to be, you need to be self-made person. You need to be strong and independent person. No, what, what we need to say is, I love mom. I love what God provided to wrap a loving arm around us and over us. And, and you see, and really, it's, it's really not about the mom. You notice that? That's the humility, the humble. It's really not about the mom. It's about the love and the protection that she offers. One more thing, I'll finish. Jesus said, you go tell that fox. Do you know what a fox is? A fox is the number one enemy of chicks and chickens. Jesus never just threw words out that had no meaning. He knew what he was saying. People... The fox you're representing, Herod, is the very thing who's trying, one who's trying to kill you. Your little chicks, your family, your children, your generations, you need me to protect your home, your families from Herod. But you don't understand that. You, you don't know that you need me for king and you're going to crucify me. But, but I could take you under my wing if you would humble yourself. I mean, I, I can take Herod and bat him away like a fly, but he's a fox. And understand, all through history, the philosophy of Herod was always the same. 
It's the same today. That philosophy is the same thing that is bombarded in our world today. And here's the philosophy. The overindulgence of every kind of sensual pleasure. It's always worked the same way in every world, every culture. It's the overindulgence to seduce people into losing their life to a predator and they're thinking they're getting away with something good. And that's why we call a fox a sly fox because he knows how to sneak in and do it. In that day and time when Herod was alive, when you came near one of Herod's temple, here's what you would find. And it could be a half a mile or a mile outside the temple. There would be people setting up and, and, and they would be there and you would be a traveler and they would offer you wine and it would be free. And, and, and you know, the first one's always free. And the purpose was to seduce you a little further to get you into the city of Herod to get you into this culture because once you get inside and you start moving around, you know, th- then you find well, discount wine and then you sit down and drink it. Maybe you get a little back rub and then you go a little further and you're paying retail for wine, but then you get a few more things that go along with it. Maybe prostitution. There's a few things you can smoke in it. And the further he brought you in, the more influence he had over you. Jesus is saying, if the mother heart like a hen says, there's a fox out there, You need to come in and get covered. You need to come in and get covered. Moms, listen to me. Don't give in to your standards for your kids' sake. Regardless if they say, well, that's not how they do it at so-and-so's house. Or that's not how they do it in, in my cousin's house that lives in another state or somewhere else. No, 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 no. You live in my house. And it's for me in my house. These are the, the, these are the standards. And dads, you, you do know best. You help hold up that standard. Because Herod, the world is out there. The fox is out there. And it's going to say just, just a little bit. Come on, just a little. Oh, oh, it, 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 it's free. Come on in. It's easy. It's simple. It's the nature of powerful moms to say no. No. Get out of here. Watch. The hens, fo- the mom's focus is on the chicks. It's not on the world system. It's not on the kid trying to play around with the hens. It's not on the distractions. The mom's heart is, I am protecting my chicks. And there will come a day when you're, when you're not going to be, you know, going around, you know, cluck, 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 you know, your, your chicken thing because your 25-year-old doesn't need you to do that then. You should have done that a long time ago because by the time they're 25, they probably are going to get to the place where they need to stretch their wings over someone else. So moms, hear me. Hear me. The mother's heart in the home and the church is what bats Herod away. And Jesus said, if the people just come. If you just come, I believe in my heart there are people here in our campuses today that need to come under the wing of God. This is a safe place because God set it apart. I also believe there are moms here that need to exercise their mother's heart. You don't know how powerful your qualities are from a mother's heart. If you're a good mom, it is such a powerful thing you can do. And I believe there are moms here that you don't realize that you can be powerful. You just think you're a mom because you've listened to culture and you kind of minimize who you are and what you can do. I'm telling you, moms, you were created to be powerful moms. And if you'll catch this simple message of God knows, God cares, God wants to help, and he cares so much, he's patient. So whatever you're going through right now, he knows and he wants to help. I had planned to close this Mother's Day service a little differently until yesterday. 
I was driving back from Tennessee, a nephew graduated from college, and I just really felt like I'm supposed to do this. I did it in the first service. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for two different groups of ladies. I believe at our campuses and here there are ladies that want to be mothers, but you have not been able to have children. You have not been able to conceive. The psalmist said in 113.9, he grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. In just a minute, I want to pray for all of you. I, I, I don't want you to stand, but you know in your heart. You, you know in your heart. Or, or maybe you have a child and you, you're wanting another child. Or, and, and, and it's like, and, and one of the reasons I guess this is in my heart, because in, in a moment we're going to pray for these mothers that want to have that, want to conceive and have a child. That's the way God made you. It's the way you're designed. And it so puts a mother out of sync and out of place when that can't happen. And, 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 and I, I have a niece that we were around this weekend, and she's in that place. And, and so when, when I pray this prayer, I may not know who you are at the campuses or online, but I'm praying and I'm thinking about my niece. They're married, and, and they've been married several years, and they, they can't conceive. So I, I really believe on Mother's Day this is the right thing to do. And so would, would you do this with me? If, if that's you, you know in your heart. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. But, but would you allow me just a moment to pray over these ladies? And th- then I want to do one more thing and we'll be finished, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. I'm asking you right now, thank you for moms. I'm asking you right now if there's anything medically that needs to be healed in the moms who want to have children, I ask you in Jesus' name to heal. Your scripture says, Lord, you opened her womb and she conceived. I'm asking you, Lord, to open the wombs of the ladies and bless them with a full, healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. Jesus, over the women in our church, I speak conception. And I thank you because children are a blessing from the Lord. And I bless these ladies in Jesus' name. See, I don't know what's going on. I don't have to have a hand. I can't tell you how many came up after the last service and said, thank you. It's for me. Thank you. Thank you. It's that important. And here's the other thing that I want to do. And I know you may think, well, you just hung a right on the end of this message. I'm just doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Another thing that's near to the heart of a mother is when her children are sick or emotionally out of sync or or, or just, just kind of prodigal and so on this one I'm going to stretch you a little more because if your children because lately it just seems like there's a lot of children with sickness and all kind of stuff going on so if you're a mom and your child is sick and maybe you know what it is maybe you don't know what it is your child needs healing emotionally physically I'm going to stretch you at all the camps I'm going to ask you if that's you for you I want you to stand would you stand moms could be a, your child could be an adult, still your child. Women, ladies, mothers standing all over the house. And, and listen, I, w- I want to pray for them. And what I want you to do, I, you don't have to touch them unless it's your spouse, but, but I just want you to kind of point your hand toward them. And I want us to pray for them. Because listen, when, when, you're, when your children are sick, mom, mom's just, she's focused, man. She, she's so distracted uh, with everything else, but she's focused on that child. I want us to focus a prayer on the moms. Okay, let's do that. Lord, thank you for our children. And thank you, Lord, that you heal. 
And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, you know every circumstance, every child, every sickness, everything that's going on with the moms that are standing. I'm asking you, Lord, to do what only you can do. I'm asking you to heal the children. I'm asking you, Jesus, to have compassion. I'm asking you to have compassion on the prayers of the mothers, just like you did, Jesus, to the mother whose only son died and you stopped there and you had compassion and he's already in, 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 a, in, a, in a box. He's already in, 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 a, in, a, in a tomb, going to be put in a tomb. He's dead. And Lord Jesus, you reached up and you raised him from the dead because you had compassion. I'm asking you, Jesus, to extend your compassion to every mother, every child, every sickness, every disease, every allergy, everything that is, that is affecting their homes and their children. In Jesus' name, we all as a church agree. In Jesus' name, let healing take place. And the church said amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Moms, let me say happy Mother's Day to you. We love you. We don't say it enough. We appreciate you, and we probably take you for granted. But today, we honor you. With all the men in the house, would you, would you just stand up and let's give all the ladies a big hand. Come on, guys. Come on. God bless you, Mom. <laughs>